We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And good evening. KMOX at your service, 8.06 p.m. downtown St. Louis. I'm George Sells. With you until 11 o'clock tonight. Looking to talk about all sorts of things. I, I heard something, Mike Anderson's over here, I heard something about a baseball game tomorrow. Did you, did you hear anything about that? I believe I have, yeah. Go oh, ahead and fill me in with the details. Yeah, somebody mentioned uh, California, I think, West Coast. Oh, yeah, I think that's going to be uh, something we'll be looking forward to here. St. Louis Cardinals. Getting into the wild card game tomorrow against the Los Angeles Dodgers. They worked out this afternoon at Dodger Stadium. KMOX is on the scene. Meanwhile, there's another wild card game being played tonight, and I'll give you a hit. If you're a New York Yankees fan, you're not happy. And unhappy Yankee fans make me happy, but that's another story for another time. But let's start tonight because we got to talk lots and lots of Cardinals. This is the most exciting thing going on in town. I can't wait for this game, and we're going to slice it, dice it, talk about it as much as we possibly can. And we are going to start tonight with KMOX's own sports director, Tom Ackerman, to get us in on the story. What are we missing, Tom? What, what do we need to know as we get ready for the big game tomorrow? George, good evening. First time caller, long time listener. How hey, are you? we appreciate that. We appreciate that caller. You're our favorite listener. Well, it is. <laughs> it is an absolute pleasure, my friend. Um, I just left, if I may, uh, promote something before we talk. Is I just left something really special. Um, I just, I'm just driving home from Whitmore Country Club, where I emceed the Kaufman Fund Golf Tournament. So there may be people heading home that just heard me uh, raise money for veterans and their families that are hearing me on the air right now. But it's a very special cause. Um, it's the Kaufman Fund, K-A-U-F-M-A-N, and they uh, raise thousands and thousands of dollars for veterans and their families. Uh, this has been going on for 30 years now. You know, organizations like the VA lean on uh, fundraisers like the Kaufman Fund to help uh, supply uh, and and provide services for many veterans, homeless, uh, those who have families who just don't have enough income. Uh, they provide transportation for them. So we just had an unbelievably successful event, and I wasn't the only one there. Al Roboski uh, is the honorary chairman, and Hall of Famer Jackie Smith, the longtime uh, St. Louis Cardinal uh, and Dallas Cowboy, is the event chairman. So we, we just had an amazing time, and I wanted to make sure 
that I got that out there, that if you can look up the Kauffman Fund, I think it'd be worth your while to see what they do for veterans. Well, it sounds like I missed out on the on the good time this evening. That sounds like it was fantastic. And thanks to all the folks who are out there. Thanks for all the folks who are taking part because, obviously, uh, fundraising for a lot of fine charities has been a tough road uh, over the last year and a half. And so uh, folks who are out there and uh, helping this fund kind of keep on going, we appreciate you being out there. And, Tom, I'm sure they appreciate you being out there. So thank you for that, sir, and thank you for sharing it with us. Thank and, you, George. Uh, and moving forward with baseball now, because I'm going to take a wild guess that while you were there, somebody at some point asked you about the St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I responded that I, I can't remember the last time I was this excited for a baseball game. I just think it's going to be a great, great game tomorrow and a great matchup between a couple of heavyweights in baseball history uh, certainly a team that is coming off a world championship in the Dodgers, but a team that everybody is buzzing about in the St. Louis Cardinals have won 22 of their last 25. I mean, they're hot, they're confident. You can see it in them. And, you know, I, it's been an incredible season in that way. I would say a couple of months ago, you know, you looked at the team and they didn't have that kind of body language. They were really struggling. They were trying to get their footing, but at the trade deadline, they made some moves to stabilize their rotation and it really worked out and helped the rest of the team. And so what I've been telling people is I would not be surprised at all if the Cardinals went to L.A. and beat them. I mean, I, you know, and I think that if they do, and they're the underdog, but I think they kind of like it that way. I think if they do, George, I think anything can happen. But obviously it comes down to this. And, you know, if you're going to beat the best, if you're going to be the best, you got to beat the best. And, and so they're going to have to go out and do that tomorrow. Uh, but, you know, the Dodgers have a history of losing to the Cardinals in the postseason. The Dodgers have a couple of injuries to contend with. And uh, it's going to get interesting, I think, tomorrow the, in L.A. The mindset is interesting right now because if you go back to right before the streak, you're right before, Cardinals were, I think they were five games out, four games out of the second wild card. So it wasn't a lost cause. Everybody, you, you knew that if they went on a run, they could still get there. Of course, nobody expected the run we saw. But you knew if they went on a run, they could do it. But everybody I talked to, myself included, to be frank, was kind of like, yeah, they can make it, but then they're going to get their heads handed to them by the Dodgers. Now, all of a sudden, we after our 17-game uh, winning streak in uh, 20 of 23, I believe you said, uh, I sense people walking around town going, ah, Schmerzer, Scherzer, this is no problem. Uh, are we getting overconfident as a fan base here, do you think? Well, the, fortunately, the, the, whether the fans are excited or aren't excited, you know, it's the ones that will be in the building tomorrow in L.A., and there will be some that will make a difference. The rest of us, uh, just have to <laughs> have to sit on the couch and just sort of you know do all we can to to push them through. But you know we're kind of uh, helpless at that point. It's really up to the players. And the true thing <laughs> is, what do they believe in the clubhouse? Right. And I think that the Cardinals, led by Mike Schilt, are a very respectful bunch. I think they care very much about the game. I think they respect the Dodgers certainly what they've done, and they respect Max Scherzer. But I am telling you, this Cardinals team believes that they can beat anybody, and they also think that probably nobody really wants to play them right now. And that's also, you know, you want to get some sort of psychological advantage before you take the field. 
And what's changed is this Cardinals team is so buttoned up defensively, and they always have been, but now that the pitching is good and that the offense, most importantly, has erupted, you know, they play a brand of baseball right now, running aggressively on the base paths, all of those things wrapped into one that if you go up against them, you know you are going to have to beat them straight up because they will not beat themselves. And that is how the Cardinals have been in their best years. When the Cardinals are champions, they're a team that you're going to have to beat them because they will not give the game to you. And that's a good thing. So if I'm a Cardinals fan, I, it's okay to be confident. I don't know that you can be overconfident. I think you just be confident right now. I will say this about Scherzer. He is as good a pitcher as this generation has ever seen. And regardless of what he did his last two starts, and it's not great. I mean, he didn't. He only walked one in his last two starts combined, but he also gave up a combined 17 hits and allowed 10 earned runs in his last two starts, five apiece to the Padres and the Rockies. Regardless of all that, he will bring it tomorrow. I mean, he, he will be ready to go. The best thing about him is his fastball, his slider, and his ability to throw those pitches basically wherever he wants. So he'll paint the inside corner, the outside corner. He's going to move the ball around, change eye level, all those things. But in the back of your mind, if you're the Dodgers and the Cardinals take an early lead, it starts to creep in. Uh Uh-oh. And the pressure will be on. So I think early in this game, it's extremely important whoever takes that first lead. Cardinals have been good at jumping out. Uh, They have a ferocious lineup. They really do. And we'll see where it goes. But, uh, you know, I think Cardinals fans have every right to feel good. I mean, they just saw this team win 17 in a row, George, and it was against good competition, too. No I mean, they were beating teams that. and basically teams that were trying to make the playoffs, and they knocked them out one after the other. Yeah, it was that was something to see. I haven't seen anything like that probably going since the early 80s, living in Detroit, watching the 84 Detroit Tigers jump out 35 and 5 to start the season and 17 and 0 on the road and that was the that had always been the most impressive stretch of baseball I thought I'd ever seen but uh, you you can't argue with this this run that the Cardinals have had you were talking about Scherzer and I don't want to make you repeat yourself but the and, and will not we'll try to take it in a different direction but the one thing about this guy is his track record both against St. Louis, which has been very good for him, not so great for us, and also his uh, his track record in the postseason. This is a this guy's been a postseason stud, and for all the things that the Cardinals are doing well right now, good pitching, good defense, the bats have been good normally, but. You know what's the old saying? If you can't score, you can't win. And it wouldn't be the first time a great pitcher walked in and shut things down. And I I think there's a part of me that's wondering between him and between Wayno, who has been less talked about, but still talked about. Could we see another uh, kind of a redux of uh, you know game one or game five rather against the Phillies in uh, 2011? Uh, Could well be. You know, I I think it's possible you could see a pitcher's duel between these two, but I also look at both pitchers and what they've done over the last couple of games. I I can't really ignore that. I mean, I just said that I think Scherzer is going to bring it, but I also have to be real and say that it's that point of the year where it's hard for a pitcher to go deep into games unless you're just swinging and missing and 
he's and he's keeping the pitch count low against you. And the same thing goes for Wainwright. Scherzer just did have a 13 strikeout game against the Cardinals, but that was before they went on their insane tear where Tyler O'Neill is hitting every pitch that's even within uh, a sniff of the strike zone. He's hitting it out of the park or into gaps. I mean, this is a different Cardinals team than he saw last time. Um, I I think more likely you're going to see a well-played game. I think you're going to see two teams that will be at the ready to replace those pitchers with reinforcements if they need to. Um, I'm not expecting those two pitchers to go deep into the game. It would be a delightful radio uh, to listen to it, that's for sure. Uh, But I'm expecting that you're probably going to get some runs off either pitcher, either side. It's probably going to come down to, you know, a clutch play at the end. I think I I really feel like the way the Cardinals are playing, they're not going to let this game get away from them and vice versa. The Dodgers are pretty desperate. I think the Dodgers have to be a little deflated. You know, they, they played in the NL West, very competitive, took it down to the last day and lost. So now they don't get the luxury of sitting back and setting their rotation. they got to play this game against the Cardinals, who have dashed their hopes over the years uh, many times over. So I, I think it's uh, a fascinating matchup. I do think there's just too much firepower, even with the Dodgers' Max Muncie dealing with a left elbow injury and out for a while. I still think that they have enough and probably more than you realize, uh, bats in that order that can do damage. And on the other side, I think we know what the Cardinals can do. Even with Scherzer there, this is just a different look right now. Edmund is very good at getting on base. Uh, you know the two, three, four, some of the best in baseball right now in Goldschmidt, O'Neill, and Arenado. I think it does come down to key five, six, seven, eight, and how do they look. Uh, but it's a it's a nice looking lineup, George. I think you're going to see some offense tomorrow between these two. Okay, and last question: Where do you fall on this? The one and done. On one side, this is incredibly exciting. I mean, it's it's edge of your seat stuff. It's game seven. It's everybody's life is on the line. On the other hand of it, particularly for for L.A., less so for the Cardinals, but in a way it does kind of discount the those other 162 games they played. Because if, if you're going to go by the old adage of, you know, the, the 162 has to really dictate things, uh, the team that won 106 games should not be in this position unless the Cardinals take them to a Game 5 or a Game 7. Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, like you said, I think it's great drama, uh, but it doesn't seem right for a team like the Dodgers to have to be in this situation. It seems great that the Cardinals are there. Um, Tough to say. I mean, gosh, when you and I were growing up, you know, you could win 98 games, but if the team in your division won 100, you're You're done. done. You don't get any shot. I mean, in the NL East, man, Cardinals win that division. The Mets are right on their heels. Too bad, Mets, you're out, and the other way around. So, you know, it's it's a tough situation to be in uh, back then, and it's it's always going to be tough. So I don't know what you do. I mean, do you add more teams? Do you subtract? Do you make the wild card series a best of three? I mean, it's it's tough to say. I mean, I, I think it does create some drama, and we had some great drama. On Sunday, potentially, we had some chaos with tiebreakers that could have been played yesterday. Uh, it, you know, it does put a lot of importance on the division. 
in a lot of ways because look at the Dodgers Giants. I mean, they were scrambling as best they could just to figure out who was going to avoid this game. So it does create some urgency. I don't know. Hard to say there. I mean, I think that um, my gut tells me it's not fair. You know, my gut tells me it's not fair to go through an entire season and have one game determine everything. If you had to explain that to somebody who didn't watch baseball, they would probably say that doesn't seem right. So that's probably where I'd fall, but I'm, I'm lacking a proper solution right now to make it a little bit better. I do know this, uh, postseason is a great thing for baseball. It, it creates a lot, and I, the more of it, the better for me. I think postseason's good. Uh, the NCAA tournament is a major event. Why? Because games are on the line, one and done. Uh, the NFL playoffs go on for a while. College football, I wish, was a lot longer. Uh, <laughs> hockey is a long playoff. NBA is a long playoff. Why Why are those so popular? Because playoffs are cool. They're great. They, they determine who's, who gets to advance and who goes home. So the more of it, the better. All righty. Well, that's a good place to leave it. We will wrap it up. Tom, thank you so much for taking a few moments with us on the ride home. And uh, exciting stuff tomorrow. I'll be on the edge of my couch. I'm sure you will, too. The only thing I need to figure out is from when I finish Total Information AM at 830, until the seven ten first pitch, what the heck am I going to do with myself for eleven hours? I would suggest I, mean, I would suggest I, taking a nap. <laughs> I will take a nap, and then I think yeah, I'd like to go play golf or something to distract me. But I think it's going to rain, so maybe I'll just watch some episodes of Ted Lasso or something. Take my <laughs> mind off of it. There you go. Hey, that's a great show too. <laughs> All right, Tom. Yeah, th- thank you so much, man. That's Tom Tom Ackerman, KMOX Sports Director. Lots more to talk about with the Cardinals. We're going to do more of that coming up next. Get out your phone. Give us a call. Tell us what you think of the game coming up. 314-436-7900. Right now, it's 823. I'm George Sells on KMOX. Trusted information, live and local. From the award-winning KMOX Newsroom. Eight twenty-seven on KMOX. The countdown is on. Less than twenty-four hours to the National League Wild Card Game. St. Louis Cardinals, L.A. Dodgers. We are definitely the underdog here, folks. But that is kind of where we've been for some time, and uh, it's interesting to observe if you're a St. Louis sports fan. Obviously, there are some similarities. You go back to 2019 with the St. Louis Blues, who found themselves in January in the basement of all hockey. And uh, this is the observation that Will is making. Will, thanks for joining us on KMOX. It does kind of remind you of those Blues uh, a little bit. I'm going to tell you something right off the bat. Uh, The Blues was nowhere in December. Nobody in the world thought they would ever win the Stanley Cup. And this is something like the Cardinals. Nobody in the world thought they would win 17 games in a row, and they did. And outstanding, and miracles happen in sports, on ice, or whatever you want to call it. So because this, this could be another miracle, and I think there's a lot more pressures on the Dodgers than the Cardinals. And one other thing, if this uh, pitcher for the Dodgers gave up 10 runs in, 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 two, uh, in two games, he might have lost a little something, and coming back sometimes you you just don't come back. So that's what I got for you. Yeah, we cross the fingers because he's definitely uh, as as pitchers go. He's definitely 
a tough one, a tough one. He's been tough on the Cardinals. He's been tough on everybody in the postseason for a long time. So we shall see. But you know, this is also kind of how the Cardinals have always done it. I mean, I go back. You think about the teams that have won. Uh, nobody expected the 2011 team to do it. Nobody expected the 20, 2006 team to do it. So uh, the years when the Cardinals are the, are the big dog uh, have not been the years they've won the World Series, have they? They had to be. They they're like they're in a perfect spot as far as that goes. With your underdog, gotta love that. Absolutely, have to love that. Thanks for joining us, Will. Meanwhile, we got Mike with a Willie McGee story for us. Hi, Mike. Welcome to KMOX. Hey, how you doing? Doing great. Yeah, I got a, uh, I've got a story I'd like to share with you real quick. It's about uh, my little sister who's handicapped. Okay, was going to the last Cardinal game of the year with her boyfriend, who was also handicapped. He was in a wheelchair. They got on the elevator, and the uh, the elevator stopped. And then walks this baseball player, all all time favorite baseball player. She instant. She has the emotions of about a twelve year old. Okay. And uh, she wraps her arms around this baseball player and starts crying. I I would have said stop it, you know, but this guy didn't. He just held her until until the elevator stopped and they both got off at the same time. He pulled out a picture of himself and signed it to Angela, who's my little sister, Love Willie McGee. And there is a reason, there are many reasons, that among them, why this city has been in love with Willie McGee for generations. You're, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. He's, you know, I've never met the man, but I can remember going to ball games and and just having that feeling when he came up to the plate or, uh, went out in the outfield. I I, I don't get it. I don't know why I have that feeling, but I did. And I, I loved it. It was great. I really did. Okay, I just want to share that with you. Well, Mike, we appreciate it. And that's, uh, as I said, that's definitely one of the things that makes this a Cardinal town is uh, some of the Cardinals we've had. My wife grew up on the Cardinals. Uh, She's a St. Louis native. I'm the lucky guy who got to come back to St. Louis with her, but uh, Willie McGee has been her favorite player and to this day is her favorite player. I will still hear a cheer when they go to a shot of the dugout a cutaway during a game and see and you see coach Willie McGee if my wife is anywhere near the television you hear a cheer for Willie thanks for joining us Mike on KMOX it is 831 and we'll be right back T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning right now families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch visit your local T-Mobile store today plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans plan features and taxes and fees may vary after the end of a good fight you deserve an ice cold reward Medela is the mark of a fighter You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. For the Cardinals, the regular season is done. But there's still more Redbirds baseball. And the Cardinals have secured the second wild card in the National League. It's the Cards and Dodgers in the wild card game Wednesday. Kevin Wheeler has the pregame show at 6.15. First pitch with Rooney and Horton at 7.08. On your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Eight thirty-seven downtown St. Louis KMOX. I'm George Sells KMOX at your service with you until eleven o'clock tonight. Uh, we'll be talking a lot more Cardinals. I just would be remiss if I didn't at least briefly touch on uh, the fact that the lead story in the national news is just uh, a few miles down the road in Bonterre, where after a lot of debate, uh, a lot of appeals from a lot of different places. Uh, Ernest Johnson was put to death. That happened at 6.11 p.m. That's when he was pronounced dead. A triple murder in Columbia just shy of 30 years ago. Uh, And his guilt in the case was not disputed. Uh, The things that were disputed, the things that were at issue, were the fact that he uh, has a very low IQ Uh, A low IQ made lower by brain surgery back in 2008 where portions of his brain had to be removed uh, in cutting out a tumor. Uh, There have been arguments for many, many years, sometimes taken into account, sometimes not, uh, getting into whether or not executing someone with a limited mental capacity is a violation of their Eighth Amendment rights, Eighth Amendment being cruel and unusual punishment. Uh, there were a lot of appeals. There were legal appeals. Uh, the Pope even had a representative contact Governor Mike Parson asking him to to commute the, se- the sentence, essentially just leave him in prison for the rest of his life. Uh, those those pleas fell on deaf ears, and that, uh, that execution was carried out again. Now it's been a little over uh, two hours ago, and that is going to be a big topic of discussion uh, in the news coming up throughout the night. And if you're catching a newscast later on, certainly will be uh, a big discussion. And it's uh, you have these conversations around the dinner table. I, I know that my kids, you know, we've had conversations about the death penalty before that, you know, does, does it accomplish what proponents say it accomplishes or does it not? Uh, it's very, you know, you, you can make strong arguments on both sides Uh, But certainly uh, in a case like this, I don't know if I was surprised, maybe a little surprised that they went through with it. Because if there was ever going to be a sentence uh, that Governor Parson, who most of his constituents support the death penalty, quite frankly, uh, if there was ever going to be a place that would be an easy one politically, so to speak, for him to make the decision to commute a sentence, it would have been that one. Uh, but that didn't happen, and that execution went forward just a couple of hours ago. It's 840. Dependable. Traffic and weather together on the 10s. Weekday mornings on The Voice of St. Louis. KMOX. KMOX at your service on a Tuesday night. 
And one thing we've been hearing a lot about over the last several months has been almost the disappearance of workers. The job market's gone crazy. Everybody's hiring. Nobody can find anybody to work. And everybody's looking for an answer why. And we may have at least a portion of one. Joined now by Julie Bauke. She is the president and chief career strategist of the Bauke Group. And Julie, welcome to KMOX. Thanks. Appreciate you being with us. Now, Sure. What I saw from you that I found absolutely fascinating was the concept that Gen Z, which is the youngest group in the workforce right now, right. may be a big part of what's missing or where the workers have all gone. Tell me, tell me what you're thinking here. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I think it is. Um, we've heard a lot over the last several months about kind of a, a narrative that said, people are lazy, nobody wants to work. Once we take away the extra stimulus, people will have to come flooding back in the job market, and it just hasn't happened. And there are a lot of reasons for that, and I think when you look at each generation, um, there they a piece of each generation has left the workforce or has decided not to come back yet, but their reasons are varied. So when you look at Gen Z, so those are de- those are defined as people born between 1997 and 2012, and so obviously the 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 younger ones aren't in the workforce yet, and so we're really talking about those very young 20s, and they um, they are even more than their predecessors, the millennials. They are about work and life, and not necessarily work till I'm 65, then I'll start to have life. And so they are fully into the integration of work into the rest of your life and not letting work rule your life. And so if you think about Gen Z, who you really have been in the workforce for a handful of years at the most, it hasn't been the best experience for them. You know, these younger generations are not about working in a typical corporate environment like we were, you know, those of us who, you know, entered the workforce in the 80s and 90s. And, you know, they're looking at this saying, why should I have to do this? And so you look at these guys and think, okay, some of them are still at home, so they don't have to go back to the job that they don't like. But also, when you look at Gen Z and millennials, a lot of them during the, during the pandemic, when everybody was locked in at home, they did not lose their jobs. And so they've got a bunch of money sitting around. And they're like, well, you know, maybe I'm not ready to go back yet. Maybe I'm going to quit what I'm doing now. And I'm calling that, you know, we hear the great resignation, the great reboot. You know, there's a lot of people in the younger generations who said, you know what, I got off on this path after I graduated from college. I've done it for a period of time and I'm not really loving it. And so they're taking that time to step back and figure out what's next. And they're not afraid to work at Starbucks, you know, to work at Target, to do some of these other things while they figure it out. And is so their relationship with work is so different. Is that because they're younger? Is that because maybe they haven't you know, put on the golden handcuffs, so to speak, yet? Yep. Yeah. And the golden handcuffs, you know, it's, it's that as a real thing went away a long time ago. However, a lot of Gen Xers, certainly boomers, but a lot of Gen Xers are in that, well, I've been here 10 years. I, I can't leave. Um, I had a guy say to me a couple months ago, I'm 33. I'm too old to change jobs. Like a holy moly, son! No, you're not. You know, I see people in their fifties and even early sixties changing careers and jobs. And so there's, I think, a lot of times that I can't go anywhere. It's all between your ears. 
because we, you know, either we are so, we've convinced ourselves our organization can't live without us, or we've convinced ourselves that nobody else would hire us. And that's really dangerous thinking. And so with that in your head, it has to get really bad for you to decide to quit and go elsewhere. Um, so, you know, we talk ourselves into all kinds of stuff, but, you know, the, the younger, the younger the workers are, the, the more likely they are to work at, to look at work as simply one aspect of their lives instead of the major aspect of their lives. You know, I was in a place the other day and I overheard a conversation. Uh, I'm 51, so these are folks around my age, and they were talking about their kids moving back in with them because mm-hmm. of financial constraints and having, having not gone back to work yet. And there was part of me, I, I had the, it was like the old Bugs Bunny cartoons where I had the one, the one Bugs Bunny on my shoulder saying, oh, what nice parents. And then I had the other Bugs Bunny on the other shoulder saying, are we enabling them? Are the parents yeah. enabling this to some degree by letting 20-somethings and even 30-somethings move back into their old room rather than, you know, some of our parents might have said, suck it up, buttercup, it's time to get out there and get to work. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think, you know, part of that is, um, you know, if you're going to do that, and a lot of people had to do that during COVID, and I get it, but if you're going to do that, you know, you've got to put parameters around it. And they've got to be working X number of hours per week, you know, and they've got to be helping around the house and paying because you don't want it to get so comfortable that they never leave. I mean, if someone was doing my laundry and making dinner every night, I'm not sure I'd want to leave. You know? <laughs> I wouldn't, so, not at right? all. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean, and, and there are people who got really used to that kind of living, but I do think, you know, all work, as long as it's not illegal or unethical, is, is you know, is of value. And if you're working at Starbucks or Target or wherever you're working in Amazon Warehouse, that is honorable work, and you're not going to find your dream job or the next step in your career by sitting at home uh, playing video games or just, you know, bemoaning the lack of, uh, you know, the, the lack, of, the supposed lack of opportunity. There, this job market is the best that it's been in my memory, and I've been doing this for a long time. And so, when you look at the job market we're in. This is the absolute prime time to figure out what is it you want to do and put together a plan to get it. You know, back in 2008, you know, we're coming out of this, our recession years, literally you hung on to a job for dear life. And I get it. Of course you had to, but that's not where we are. And the younger generations get that. And so it's interesting, the other end of the spectrum is boomers who were getting close to retirement age. COVID, with a lot of them, forced them back home. And they looked around and said, huh, I was going to stay for two more years, but I talked to my financial person, and this kind of being retired and doing what I want, this is, this is better than I thought it was going to be. And so at the top of the age range, we have boomers who have, who've said, I'm out, you know, because the thought of going back in this uncertain world and uncertain workplace for another two years at the hopes of getting maybe just a little bit more in their portfolio, they've said, you know, you know, maybe I'll, I'll work part-time and, you know, and help my portfolio that way. But in the, same, in the meantime, life is short and I'm not going to go back 
to the work I did or the way in which my employer is demanding people work that doesn't work for me anymore. And so there's this huge gap between what people of all generations and ages are looking for. It's just that your younger folks, they have less bills, less obligations, and so they can afford to be pickier, which is driving a lot of employers and talking heads crazy because they go, oh, you got to suck it up, like you said. You know, you got to pay your dues, you know, get in there, get working. And these younger generations are saying, you know what? I've seen the way the older generations have related to work, and I'm not going to do that. And so it, it's fascinating to see how our relationship with work is changing, and it needs to. Um, but a lot of these employers are going to be dragged to kicking and screaming into it. Well, here's my, and this is my final question as we wrap up here, uh, is the is the permanence of that? I recall sitting on a sidewalk uh, in Boston with a cup of coffee in about 1991 and reading this long article in the Globe about how Generation X was going to reinvent the way people worked, and it didn't happen. And I saw mm-hmm. something similar someplace about the millennials, and they didn't do it either. Uh, the the old guard has has held strong. Uh, the is there permanence to this? Is, the, is there finally a generation with the leverage? Or yeah. are we going to be talking about it, and then five years from now we're back to how it always was? So, so first of all, when you look simply at the number of people in Gen X, Millennials, Gen Z, it is, it's a funnel. So in other words, the boomers are at the top. There are fewer people in the workforce behind the boomers. And so just from a pure demographic standpoint, call it a talent shortage, call it a talent gap, it's absolutely here to stay. Now you you add on top of that technology. So Gen X is going to change it. Millennials are going to change it. Well, they did not have the access to the technology that has given work from anywhere real legs. And, you know, we, it, so we have it now. And so when you think about when everybody was forced home about a year and a half ago, there were companies that I know of that were the stodgiest, we've always done it this way kind of companies. And when they were forced to do it, they figured it out. And because they had to send people home, but they still had to do the work done. And so I, I know some folks at some of these companies have come back and said, huh, this work from home thing, it's working pretty well for us. And look at all this money we're saving on other things. So I think it's technology and I think it's fewer people uh, in the workforce to do the jobs. And so I think that those, all those things converging simultaneously is really what's going to change the way we work. And it needs to George. I mean, we get the least amount of vacation time of any similar country in the world. And guess what? We don't even take all our vacation time because we're so afraid somebody's going to take our jobs. And that's ridiculous. That's why we're seeing this huge amount of burnout and people just not so anxious to come back. They've discovered that maybe there's, maybe I can work differently and have some other good things in my life as well. All righty. Well, that's a charging cry for the younger generation in particular, a battle cry. <laughs> Julie Bowie, yeah. thank you for joining us on Camel. <laughs> You're welcome tonight. anytime. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.